Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all kinds of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another to get to the next level in personal life and business life. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, let's get the show started. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Christine. I found her or she found me in Woman in Podcasting group. Oh my gosh, that group is amazing. If you're in podcasting or you want to be in podcast, you have to be in that group. Anyway, she is a relationship coach. Her mission and passion is to take thousands of people through her process of creating the love relationship of your dreams by yourself without involving your partner. Now, that's intriguing. (laughs) Welcome, Christine, to my show. So tell us, what is life with Christine right now? Oh, man, that is such a loaded question. First of all, thank you, Francie, for having me on. Um, That is a loaded question. And I think what life with Christine right now is like is this year, personal goals has been to stretch myself and to, which is always right. Okay. So that that's always what our goals are about. Right. But it's been more about stepping into like the things that I really, really want to do deep in my heart, but have been telling myself silly lies, like I have to wait till later. I have to make more money till I can do that when I can take more time off because I've worked for myself for over 30 years. So um, this past weekend was an amazing adventure with uh, two of my nieces, a nephew, my husband and my daughter. We went whitewater rafting, which I had never done. And it was amazing. I almost went in the drink. (laughs) Um, but my husband like grabbed on and pulled me back in the raft. Um, and then we did a high ropes adventure and I'm trying, like, I have just been marinating in it, uh, for the last couple days and just smiling. And I think Um, one was that I did plan it. I did follow through. And I think the dynamic of being with the kids as well, and not that we haven't done things with them, but they loved it. They were a little afraid before because they're 11 and then two are 14, but they were like, let, I told them I wanted to go back in the spring when the, um, the, the white water is actually more rough because the water is higher. And they were like, like no time delay at all. They were like, we got to go with you. So that, that has been like right now, that's what I'm experiencing. Um, and so kind of just like to some people that might not seem like much, I did a girl's weekend at the end at Memorial day weekend, for those of you in the States, um, with 11 women. And this was just like a group plan. One woman that I knew invited me. So it wasn't like a retreat. And that was my first like 
we went to Colorado, we hiked in the mountains. And that was my first, what I would call woman's weekend that wasn't part of an event, right? Like, a, like I didn't pay yeah. money to be part of somebody else's retreat or something like that. Girl, so, sign me up. Where do I, I sign up? Oh, <laughs> I know it was, and it's part of something I do. Like I pre COVID, I haven't done it since pre COVID, but I put on like retreats like that. But, um, just like a group of girls going and hanging out. And there's a story behind all of this part of my past, but I haven't in my life made, I've had a lot of female friends, but I keep a, a distance in those relationships. I have learned to, I have learned from my mom, that's where I learned it is to not trust women. So I think in that very first relationship, yeah. it, I have learned and seen a pattern in my life. And so that I'm breaking that pattern, like I can have close relationships with anybody and I get to decide no matter, you know, what they do, I get to decide they're not, you know, it's always been, they're the ones that are going to hurt me. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that was a fun kind of breakthrough. And that's what I'm working on this year is like pushing past those limiting beliefs. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, for me growing up, I, I don't know, I guess I just had so many cousins that were females that were my friends that mm. I really didn't have like too many friends in school that were females. I always went with the males. But like as you're getting older, you know, you you want that female energy yeah. and you want to talk about dreams and yeah. the day and go for a walk. I see you're super active. I work mm. for the post office. So that's the whole exercise that you're, I need. When I'm home, I just want to chill. <laughs> right. You're active. I had a client. So for 30 years, I trained athletes and I had a client who I loved working with her, but she was a male deliverer as well. And she like, she had to hire somebody, she had to hire me to do an actual, she wanted to do an actual weight training program because she knew that when she went home, like she was beat yeah. <laughs> and she, and, and if I remember right, she came and worked with me on the days she had off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been focusing on my mental health before going into the physical, but I know that part of the physical is because of the trauma of the past. So I'm trying to work on that. It's been uh, a long decade uh, working through depression mm -hmm. and then the past six, seven years with anxiety. And on top of having a crazy job hours, uh, not having family, so having to build our own community. Yeah. So it's been like five or six years that I built a pretty cool village that I have like at least five female friends nice. on the 911, you know? Nice. <laughs> so important. So important. Well, and it is really about one thing at a time, you know, like really work on that mental health 
part because as you do that work, all the other stuff will improve as well. And then when you feel, and I'm sure people have told you this, but then when you start to feel when you're trying to do too many things at one time, nothing gets done really effectively. Yeah. So, and I think you have it right because so many people want to fix their outward appearance, right? So they're spending the money on exercise and diet plans. And the truth is all of that is you're going to fix that. I mean, obviously, you know, if you want to build muscle, you have to do some exercise, weight resistance training, but it all starts in your brain, right? So once you start to let go of some of your limiting beliefs about yourself, about other people or, or whatever it is that, um, you know, there's, we all have limiting beliefs about all sorts of things. And then there's all other dynamics that come into that, into why we have those limiting beliefs. So you're doing it in the right order. You have your priorities straight. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> At least somebody thinks so. <laughs> For sure. For sure, girl. Believe it. <laughs> Thank you. And talking about limiting beliefs, um, I mentioned earlier as I was looking at your website that you was part of the life coach school. And yeah. I'm going to try not to act like a super fan of Brooke Castillo. <laughs> but you know right. that she teaches the module of yeah. like feelings make your thought. No, your thoughts make your feelings. Yeah. So it's called the thought model. And um, I don't usually talk about it like she does, uh, yes. but it's basically our circumstance, whatever it is that we're facing, we have thoughts about it. So like in our marriage, let's say two people are coupled together, partnered, and, you know, maybe you have thoughts that my partner isn't loving enough. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so the circumstance, though you might have feelings about it and lots of thoughts about it, it's really neutral. The fact that like, I'll use myself, Chris and Jeff, my Jeff's, my, my Jeff, my husband's name is Jeff. <laughs> and so like, it, the truth is him and I are married. I have lots of thoughts about that. He has lots of thoughts about that, but to somebody like you, it, there's no thoughts about it. It's totally neutral. So then I have a thought like, you know, he's not loving enough or whatever. And then that makes me feel, I don't know, maybe resentful. And then that feeling dictates how I show up. Like mm -hmm. the words I say, the actions I say, the words I don't say, the actions I don't take, all the you know, busyness going on in my head. And then the result I get from that really parallels my thought. So my thought was, you know, my husband's not very loving. I end up being not all that loving by the way I show up from this resentful emotion. It's, you know, it, it's kind of mind bendy if you don't know it. So, you know, it, yeah. and you've listened to it. I remember Part of my story uh, in 2016, okay, I kind of 
like had this, if you want to say coming to Jesus, where I was mm-hmm. like, what the heck? Um, my second marriage. So I'm in my second marriage. We were looking at each other like, I, I don't think this is going to work. And I had been doing like my whole life has been about self-improvement, mm-hmm. but not a lot of, um, I would say not a lot of mental health improvement. I, I, I don't know if I can even say that because I, you know, did some stress management stuff, but nothing where um, I kind of ha- was taught that we can f- my family, we can fix it all ourselves. We don't need a doctor or, you know, that's shameful if you have to go to a doctor to get some help. And so I had a lot of shame around getting help. But at that point, I was like, I am done acting and pretending I'm going to go find help. Um, And so um, I don't remember where I was going with that story, but that was kind of my breaking point. And um, how you started. Yeah. So, oh, yes. And how the model was presented to me. Got it. I'm back. I'm tracking. (laughs) So um, I had found a therapist for myself. Like I had done therapy as a couple, but, and I was doing a lot of research. I found the life coach school and I had been listening to her and it was really hurting my brain. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's it's, too much information at at first. It's a lot. And it's (laughs) abstract because it's not the way society raises us. Yep. And so I remember taking one of the podcasts and it was very much, I don't know if she was actually talking specifically like this is the model, but she was talking about, you know, our thoughts, creating our feelings and our results. And so it blew my mind, the first time I heard it, yeah. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Yes, <laughs> that was me as well. Cause so then what I did is I shared it with my therapist. Cause I was like, something here like in my heart, I knew it was right. Like if I had been able at that time to trust my intuition, I would have been all over it right away. But um, it's been a path of being able to trust my intuition, which, you know, is part of all my upbringing and history and all of that. But she listened to it. And then the next session, she was like, I I don't really believe that. And so I was like, okay, whatever. But I did actually decide to keep listening because there was something inside of me that was telling me, and maybe it was my, you know, my little child of my younger self saying, listen, 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 you know? So I kept listening and yeah, uh, that's, I actually, at that point, I, I had been listening for a little bit and I told my husband, I was like, there is something here. And, um, I had this belief conditioning that I was, um, somewhat, uh, compulsive. And so I said, I'm going to listen and practice these concepts for a year. And if I feel like I see significant change, I'm going to, get certified. And it was before a year. I did wait a year. Um, 
but I knew that was, so that's what I did. I went and got certified. That's awesome. And I love it because like a lot of coaches out there, they're just doing their thing and sharing and like myself, like I have some trauma and I have done some work and I have had my life coach for the past year, my mentor, just because I have had a mentor doesn't mean that I'm ready to mentor somebody else. <laughs> right, right. So true. And that, that's been something that is, t- is taking me a little bit of time because, um, so I, my part of my story, I trained athletes for 30 years. I, um, so just a little bit about my story. I yeah. went to college to be a chemical engineer because my dad said that's what I was going to do. Right. Oh, I wow. actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually presented that I wanted, I remember coming home from, I was an athletic trainer in high school. And I remember coming home after starting it and being so excited to share that this is what I wanted to do. And my dad shut me down and no, like, of course he had good intention with it. Right. But, and I did it for two years and I, I really hated it. Uh, I switched my major into um, journalism graphic design, mass communications. And that's what I did. I became a graphic artist and I did love it. Uh, But this shows how old I am during desert storm. (laughs) I was a graphic artist and this was back in the day when we had art boards and dark rooms, no, you know, computer graphic design. (laughs) Um, And I got laid off during desert storm. They were laying off so many people. And at that time I was going through a divorce. I had a little young one, little two, three-year-old at the time, and I needed to make money. And I had been an athlete most of my life and people at the gym that I worked out had been asking me to help. So I was like, okay, let's do this. So, so that's where I ended up. Um, and what I just kind of, that was kind of before personal trainers were a thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I felt really confident with that. And I remember uh, towards the end when I was considering like what my next phase would be in my life, because around 2017, I decided I just had to get out of that industry. Uh, and when I looked back, I really thought I had this like master key to helping women feel good about themselves, men too, but mostly women. And I discovered soon on in that journey that it was not true, (laughs) you know, like, yes, learning how to eat right and exercise does help build self self esteem. But I trained mostly bodybuilders and we actually promoted bodybuilding events and sporting expos, but I really saw the, the problem with all of that. You know, it was really about trying to get people to like you by the way you look. 
And so during that 2017, when I realized that I had just been spending a lot of time thinking about what I loved about what I did those 30 years. And it was really that I was helping women feel better about themselves. I was connecting women because I did a lot of women's seminars and summits and, and, um, retreats. And what I knew is that the work that I had been doing in life coaching was that it was so much deeper than that. Right. And so in my journey of becoming a life coach and owning my own business as a life coach, it's been, I guess the word that comes to my mind is a struggle, but to what you were saying, you know, like I felt like my business of personal training was easy. And I think my business of coaching is with quotations easy, but, you know, I went from general life coaching to coaching on self-esteem, building self-confidence. And then I moved into relationship coaching. And I just know that there, I have a lot of training that I'm doing um, I've done advanced relationship training certification. I'm currently in a master coaching program on relationships and that like there's a lot to learn and there's a big difference between the coaching I did then and I did some mental coaching and the coaching I do now. It's so much different. So yeah, it. I think that you can help people to a certain extent when you have, um, like, let's say somebody chooses to start working with people without certifications or whatever. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that because there's some highly successful coaches that do that. But I think that your ability to help people can be somewhat limited but at the same time, when you have a passion for helping somebody, that energy is contagious. And that's part True. of what they're able to do is they're able to be like great motivators to help people do what it is they want to do, right? Yeah, that's why I have the podcast now because like I share my struggles, I share everything and anything and you know it's a free way pretty much <laughs> you don't pay to pay to listen to my podcast and sometimes I share some tools that have helped me like uh one of my episodes is like survival kit for anxiety mm. you know because that's my uh, that's my jam you know when mm -hmm. it comes to depression and anxiety so I love that now you found your niche and you're trying to help relationship and marriages. So how do you do that when you have like two opposites mm -hmm. <laughs> personalities or, you know, the struggles yeah. that come with relationships? Yeah. Relationships are work. And so in my program, uh, the way I help people right now, I talk about changing your marriage or your relationship. It, it, it can be, I do actually have a lot of clients who 
just come to me and want to work on their relationship with themselves. Um, but I talk about changing your relationship with your spouse or your partner with, um, gosh, now I can't even think without changing them, you know, yeah. change your, change your marriage without changing your spouse. So it is really about the work that you have to do within yourself and so many relationships start where the two are super dependent on each other, like rely on the other person to make them feel loved. I mean, that's why they usually fall in love because the other person makes them feel so good. They're getting that validation from each other. It's like each of them are like holding each other. And then eventually, not always, I mean, sometimes that works for couples and they don't ever have a problem, but for most couples that gets old fairly quickly. And, uh, then a lot of times what happens, a multitude of things can happen, but a lot of times what happens is the two kind of become independent. They push away from each other. So they're like living together as roommates, like what I would say, living kind of parallel lives, or they're just constantly bickering. Um, and it is really the foundational work of relationship coaching is building that solid relationship with yourself and, and learning how to differentiate between yourself and your partner, meaning a highly differentiated couple is a couple that is able to have their thoughts, their ideas, their life experience and not need, and their spouses can be completely different and it's okay. It's more of like an interdependent relationship. So like if I ask my husband say, you know, I would really love it if when you come home, you would come into my office and give me a kiss. And I'm sharing that and he chooses not to do it. I can still keep asking and saying, I would love for you to do that. But him not doing that doesn't make me feel unloved because I have a solid loving relationship with myself. I'm not making him not doing that mean that he's unlovable and that, or that I am unlovable. It just might I be. Know. The might past be. year I have been working with, <laughs> with my mentor about detaching and not putting meaning into things. That same scenario in my life, it's like, oh no, we need to break up. This is it. We're over. He doesn't love me anymore. He just, it, we're done. <laughs> so I love that you're saying that not to yeah. put meaning into it and that yeah. I have to love myself and like validate, you know, my own feelings and not put too much meaning into anything. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you still don't want him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you just go ahead and do it anyway. And um, so it's like independent would be like 
fine. If you're not going to ever do that, then I'm just going to stay over here and you just be yourself and um, I'll pretend like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So it, it is still, you can still ask for it, um, but it, it's just that. Um, no, you, yeah, it should definitely be asked for because uh, I just had the um, male, my first male guest, and he pointed out how women expect men to uh, read their minds. <laughs> I was cracking up. Yeah. I mean, that's not a blanket statement, <laughs> but you know, I mean, communication. Yeah. You and have that, to have it. Yes. Like if, and I totally was that I, when I got married to my second husband, I do remember going through a phase, like, how does he not know he needs to do these things around the house? But I wouldn't say it. So, but a differentiated me would be like, okay, these are the things that need to happen. And, you know, what ones of these are you going to do? However, do people want to work that out? But I think the problem in most relationship comes from thinking that that disconnection, that disharmony isn't supposed to happen. Like that if they had the right person, it would be rainbows and daisies all the time and great sex all the time. <laughs> and that, and that's not true. You know, like two human beings, I get nervous when uh, somebody tells me they never fight and they never argue means possibly that, you know, they're all good, but it, means the other op option is that somebody is not being truthful. Somebody is just letting things happen and not speaking up about it because they don't want to disturb the waters. So, I mean, that I think is the biggest thing is to, you know, Byron Katie says not to argue with reality, but like, okay, this is happening even if it were like a girlfriend, not a committed relationship, we could just be like, well, screw you. You've been my best friend for 30 years, but we're done. And it seems simple, right? Because there's no contract or anything like that. Or we could be like, hey, this is what happened for me. Can we talk about this and maybe we can come to an understanding and set it aside and keep being friends? You know, you get to decide whether you want to do that. But uh, I think that the biggest thing is to not be surprised that things aren't working, you know, because oftentimes we're not being honest. We're not showing up with it, with our values and with our integrity we're, you know, letting our spouse do things that bother them and we're not confronting it con that are bothering us. So like I commonly hear women talk about, you know, he comes home, he just sits on the couch and watches the screen all night. And, okay, well, 
first, you know, we can talk about how that feels for you and all of the things, but you know, when we distill it down, why aren't you just having an adult conversation about what you want? Yeah, no. And, um, um, I have a poly relationship and I say the difference between everything, but one of the huge difference is the communication. Mm-hmm. I say for like monogamous relationship, it's all great and everything till it's not great. With a poly relationship, every day you have to have a family meeting and check your feelings, check uh, uh, what even a movie picking a movie is like a three-hour conversation (laughs) so it's like the communication has to be there like a lot more and I think that for monogamy relationship for monogamous relationship is just it has to be intentional for sure yeah yeah and I I tell people to like if it doesn't feel good what's going on inside of you Like, what are you boiling about inside and how do you need to, one, soothe yourself and get yourself a little calmed down to see what's going on for you and what do you want to do about it? Because if you don't want to do anything about it, then it's time to do the work of letting it go, right? Because we're always creating our, how we're feeling, right? It's Mm -hmm. all coming from our head. Um, And what most of us want to do is we want to blame our partner for how we're feeling. Oh, yeah. I did it for, well, actually till last week, it's been 12 years. (laughs) So I'm a work in progress on that one. And uh, yeah, I uh, learning how to soothe myself. Once again, it was with my mentor because she would put me through some trauma and then one of the sessions my boyfriend came in and he did trauma betrayal whoop, whoop. Oh. so set me into a panic attack and set me back and everything else but she had taught me uh things to soothe myself and now like I said I have a survival kit for anxiety mm. you know that I have and if I have uncomfortable um conversations that will put me in the danger zone for anxiety Mm -hmm. or triggered then you will see me rubbing my shoulders rubbing my hands like which my mentor just said it it's been like a few sessions that I haven't rubbed my hands (laughs) yeah well and you're changing your neural pathways right so like one you have to figure out what your triggers are that send you into that for you, that anxiety. And, and it's one thing when you recognize, you know, okay, this, these are some of the things that can send me there, but that process of changing those neural pathways is intricate and takes time. So you still might fall into the trap plenty of times, but the initial awareness is the first step of change. Like once you recognize it, then, you know, it's the uh, different levels of awareness. A lot of times in the beginning, you're not aware of what you're doing till afterwards. 
But then if you keep working through it, go going through the self soothing and emotional regulation, and then you come back and you discuss whatever it is you need to discuss. And eventually, you know, you fall into the hole of that trigger, what it, you know, that anxiety Uh hole less often. And over time, you just, that trigger isn't even a trigger anymore because you've changed the way you think. And depending upon what is in there in the history, that can take more time than others, right? But um, so much of us, of who we are, is who our our caregivers were, our initial caregivers were, right? So whether oh, yeah. <laughs> or other, whether we're like mirroring them or whether we're um, modeling them or we're pushing against them in our partners. I mean, what they say is that we basically marry one of our parents, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that we marry a person who's equally as differentiated as we are. Because so meaning that um, the more we, the level that we rely on somebody else for validation and for support and for love is the person we're going to marry because that's where it's comfortable. Like the person that wherever we are, let's say we're here at 50%, if you can measure differentiation, if we hang out with somebody who's just wants to hang on us and hang on us. We're like, okay, this isn't going to work. So, you know, we go on to the next and let's say there's somebody at 75%. We feel, feel really uncomfortable because we feel like they're too independent. Like they don't pay attention to us enough. So we find somebody equally differentiated as we are. And so that's where the work is, is one person, at least one person needs to take the initiative to develop their relationship with self and become a little more interdependent, less dependent. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then the other partner usually comes up and balances. And so it's that kind of growth ladder that you both keep taking. If you're up for it, some couples are don't it's work and that. everybody in the relationship has to put in the work not just one person doing the work on the other one just standing around <laughs> yeah you know the truth is that for some couples one person doing the work is enough to make them happy yeah and it, that can happen there you know couples are so different but usually one will do the work and then we'll get to the point where they really want the other one. They can't keep being the leader. They want a co-leader. And so they want the other one to join in and, and participate. Uh, so uh, did you have a podcast? I do. You do. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast. Yes. I have a podcast called Awaken You. 
in your marriage and awaken you is one word. Um, and it's all things relationships. I interview relationship experts. This week's episode is with a therapist and a master uh, coach from the Life Coach School. She's an instructor at the Life Coach School as well. Nice. And so all things relationships and relationships with self. Yeah, I do that. And then, so there's a lot to learn in there. If you dig in there and there, then I also do a monthly, what I call a marriage masterclass. And it is the second Thursday of every month, uh, 5 PM central U S central standard time. And that is free to anybody that wants to <laughs> haven't quite picked the topic for next month, but they're on my YouTube channel and, um, on my Facebook page. And then I have a free offer on my website. It is called, um, abundant love. I think <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. You're fine. I will have all the links in the yes. description of the episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's a free class to help you um, it's actually the first initial work that I did in my marriage to change how I was thinking about the marriage. I, I literally, it took me a long time to think of something positive about my marriage. That's how, what kind of state we were in. And, um, so the, the free course is really looking at your thoughts, looking at which ones serve you, and then starting to build what I call a love list. So the first one on my love list I came up with is that he chose me. So that kind of, I kept holding on to that. And eventually I built that love list of positive thoughts about our relationship. And so whenever I would catch myself thinking, oh my gosh, he's lazy or he's, you know, this or that, um, I would just bring my brain back to my love list and remember all the things that I love about him because our brain just goes to the negative <laughs> oh my gosh I love that uh I had a gratitude list because I went through my whole relationship has been a rough patch but then the my mentor was like you're not going anywhere he's not going anywhere so you got to find the gratitude in it and I was like gratitude what <laughs> I love what yeah. but I love that that you have a love list mm-hmm. yeah. that's so cute <laughs> Yeah. And I have people keep it on their phone. So even like if they're at dinner and they're like, you know, I mean, of course, I highly recommend you don't pull out the phone at dinner, but um, it's something that you, if you practice it enough, you'll remember, you know, I could, it, that first one, I'll always remember. I could at least keep saying he chose me. He chose me, you know? So, so yeah. I love that. Well, Thank you so much for your time. Anything else that you want to plug in before we leave? I don't think so. I mean, I think that really what I wanted to share is that if you're feeling stuck in your marriage, if you feel like maybe you married the wrong person or if you left, it would be so much easier. One, if you left, you would still be taking you with, right? So yeah. I really, as much as possible, tell people to do the work on themselves while they're still in the relationship. I mean, you certainly can change the circumstance and leave, but it will be so much 
more motivating to do it when you're in a relationship that you're not happy with to help build your happiness. And then as you grow, you, you can decide every day whether I stay or whether you stay or you go. So um, just really that to not think that anything has gone wrong, but that this is actually like the crucible that you needed to be put into to get to the best marriage ever. Because seriously, when you go through that, you get to create whatever it is you want. And it's so much more amazing than what you thought you had in the beginning of the relationship. And that anybody can book a free coaching session if they want to know what it's like to get coached on anything really, but I prefer relationship with self or on marriage. And um, yeah, I work with people one-on-one for six months. So three sessions a month where we dig into personal things and get yourself creating that marriage that you want. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on my show. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that we had this time together. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Francie. You're welcome. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to another episode. All the links and everything talked about in the uh, episode will be in the description. Hope uh Uh, you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Have a blessed day. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you'd like to stay in touch or like to support me in any other way, check out my Linktree Life with Francie profile, where I have all of my social media Uh, coupons for my favorite stores, and more. Also, if you like this podcast, it will mean the world to me if you share it with your friends or leave a review. God bless. Don't stress. I'll be back with another episode soon.